0: Oh, Mountaineer Nation, it is time for a midweek contest. We've been through the crossroads with Neil. Now it's time for the ball game with the Baylor Bears. Time to sick them. Zach, CJ, and Mike come in to join us here on the porch. We're going to talk all things about the ball game with Baylor. We're we'll also going to get into more of the battle for the soul of the program here with West Virginia. What's going to happen with Neil? We're going to get into all that. This evening, you guys know what to do. It's in the morning, grab that coffee. Feel style. It's in the evening, grab the drink, and come on back because it's time to talk all things West Virginia Mountaineer football here on the porch. Let's go. All right, fellas. So first things first. How are we feeling coming in to this big game here Thursday night? And how do you just feel about the, the game being on Thursday in general? That was a kind of a question that was brought to, the, to my attention earlier this week. People asked, how do you feel about the midweek game? So let's kind of hit it on two perspectives here, fellas. And I, I don't know. I, I know we've talked about this before when it's three wide. It's kind of tough to see who defers. So I'm just going to throw it up. Hail Mary style and somebody just come down with it, okay? My ball, my ball. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. <laughs> I, I'm going to say for my
1: personal perspective. I'm happy about it being on a Thursday because one it gets me out of some work and two, I'm just excited for a night game in general. I'm just hoping the the stadium is the stadium is at least mostly full. Thursday night games are always kind of a iffy prospect in that way, but
0: hopefully the the fan base will be there to support. Hey Zach, we're going to get to that too later on a little over under with the attendance number. You kind of foreshadowed it there. Um, so, Mike, you, or well, CJ, I don't know who, who you, you guys decide. I, gonna...
2: I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> be, 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 I'm ready. Um, I absolutely love Thursdays. We've been a big Thursday program traditionally. Rich Rod loved Thursdays. We even carried it into the Stew era. We had an Auburn game on a Thursday. Some of those big South Florida games were Thursday. A couple bad results in those ones. Just in general, as a Mountaineer fan, uh, I've always loved Thursday night action. I think we should play ten Thursday games a year. It gets us on TV in relevant situations. Um, I actually caught up with Mary Roush, the mountaineer, at the West Virginia High School State Golf Tournament. Okay, okay, her. name dropper, but I hear you. I interviewed her, I asked her about that. What do you expect the turnout to be? And and I mean, she's the mountaineer, obviously, you know, she's the promotional fan in charge of encouraging the team, but she said she thought there'd be a big turnout. So I don't know. I'd imagine she's got a good idea.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. <I> so. <laughs> so Mountaineer Mary is saying good turnout. Yes. Mike, you're, you're banking on Mountaineer Mary. Okay. Correct. I like, I, I like, I like it, man. i like
2: oh, it. graduate by the way.
0: Oh, and I, I know we know your connection to the white Falcons. If
2: you don't know, what,
0: what, what are they ranked right now? Mike, what um, are they?
2: I, Last week we were tied for fourth. Strength of strength of schedule is not outstanding, but seven and zero, oh, and we we have scored the most points in all of West Virginia, all three classes. Wow!
0: Ooh. So that White Falcon offense a little electric. Squaw Up down there in Wahama. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. And seven and zero, oh, you said right? Seven and zero. Oh. All right. So check check them out. You know what on uh on Friday nights, it's that's, that's cool. So- hey. Mike, so so you you but you you love football, you know on any any football we can get. I kind of compared it to, sort of the buffalo chicken dip, right? Like you can go back and you can get like a couple scoops of it, you know during the week, and then you just go for the full plate of it on Saturday. So, I think it's I, I got I, I love the midweek game, man. And now maybe you don't get the full tradition and it's made for TV, so the crowds aren't as great. But football is football, and if we can get it on our TV. We're, we're gonna take it CJ. what do you got buddy
3: i love thursday night games um it's kind of a nice little way to kind of kick the weekend off um especially this time of year because um, as you and i have, have talked when we do the the slate stuff you know you get into that friday night match and stuff and um you know so it's a nice little set to the to the tone um for it could be a a little tough for me, uh, for this one because kickoff for this is seven o'clock. My Yankees play at seven thirty, and game one of the the DS. But um, mm, no, I, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. So. Yeah, be be flipping back and forth. But no, I, I I do I like them. They're night games. They're usually pretty much not the only one on, but pretty close to it usually. Um, so now got I, all the
0: eyeballs. They're all they're all kind of on you.
3: on, yeah, on so. week night games. No, I, I I'm all in on on those games, especially when the matchups are usually pretty intriguing. Um, you know, I I'm kind of gonna pass on Mike's ten a year because you know I don't really care for a Thursday night <laughs> game when we're playing. You know, like Townsend. Townsend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, you there you go.
0: Nice. Yummy a Coke. Um, CJ, here here's the thing though, real quick about this third one of the year already, right? That's that's kind of crazy, but but also and Mike brought this up earlier, we did build our program to some extent on getting these opportunities, and we showed out and we showed up. I think it's lost a little bit of the luster because there's so many of the weeknight games now, and there's more. There's some on Friday. But it used to be real special. You got that one Thursday night game a week in college football. Corso and and the gang would be there calling the game, and it kind of let in like that appetizer, like you said, CJ, the rest of the weekend. We've lost that a little bit because there's so many of them. The remote work out there, and and, and you have no problem with it, uh, you know, on a Thursday night. That's for sure. Um, so let's let's get into this Thursday night, fellas. Name of the Neil Brown era, part three this season.
1: Well, I mean, when you consider the fact that we've never lost to Baylor at home, I feel like it's another cherry on top of the already cherry filled pie that we've got going on right now. It's just all hands on deck trying to get this thing righted. And I i will say, as bad as Oklahoma is, Texas absolutely molly whopping them over the
0: weekend. Makes me feel at least slightly better about what happened in our game. At 100% least. Zach, 100%. The Vegas odds actually kind of took that into account too. It was five and a half the early line. And look at it now, three in the hook. Interesting, right? Mm. We're was still at all. I hadn't looked yet. Yeah, that's, we're still at all. But you know, I only three and a half. Maybe those folks out there might know something. Maybe.
1: Yeah.
0: Home and Mountaineer field. Home Mountaineer field in the night. In
1: the night setting, it's always going to get a little weird. Uh, and that's what we need. We need a little bit of weirdness.
0: I'm, well, uh, I'm a. I'm already. I'm already laid my wager down on the Mounties plus the three and the hook, fellas. Just go ahead and tell you that right now. Maybe even well, money line too, if you want to get a little frisky.
3: Well, and you've got the right team there, Zach, for a little weird because this Baylor-West Virginia series has been nothing but that. Like, it starts out with the NCAA video game numbers for the very first meeting when they combined for like nine billion points.
1: Led by Gino, who's now hashtag good
0: NFL quarterback.
3: Yeah. he never
0: back, fellas.
3: But, yeah, Zach, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. Thursday nights always get a little weird. This is kind of like the perfect team for it. You know, we've seen them coming to Mountaineer Field riding high with Bryce Petty, and they were, you know, national championship kind of contenders, and we knocked them off or we, you know. So, I mean, it, it's almost kind of the right situation for it maybe to get a little weird. Um, I just – I like the fact they've had, you know, a week to kind of get Texas, maybe flush that out of your system. Um, you know, the big thing for me is going to be watching early. What's the first quarter look like? How do they come out of the gate? Like, are they going to come out with some passion, want to fight, you know, really want to take them to it? Or is there a little bit of hangover from getting your head absolutely bashed in in Austin?
1: And I, I think Blaine kind of hit on it last pod. Like, there was fight after the initial drubbing, the twenty-eight-zero start. Like, they didn't go away. And, you know, for what it's worth – after that start, you you win the rest of the game twenty to ten. So at least they didn't fold. Although you know at that point Texas really could just go on a coast mode,
0: but still, I mean, yeah, I mean the way we that all saw started, what Oklahoma did on Saturday, they folded. That's yeah. very that, that's a very good no, point, Zach. In Oklahoma in folded. rivalry, yeah. And we we we, we did not. Um, now granted, you know, did we quite have enough to to fully scare them? Um, maybe not, but. We did finish out the game and play to the final whistle. There's no question about that.
2: I do not think that it's the game of the Neil Brown era part three. Oh, Mike, I love it. I love it. Virginia has hit several embarrassing low points already. Uh, Now now, now I don't. If it was going to come this season, it would have already happened. This game is going to show us whether or not it's going to be bad or it's going to be really, really bad. Oh, Oklahoma, no ugly, though. No ugly? O- Oklahoma is not a competitive football team. Brent Venables uh, is a defensive coordinator, even though his defense at Oklahoma has been atrocious. He's just not a head coach personality. That thing's going off the rails. So I, I get no solace in the fact that Texas whooped them, too we're going to be battling for the basement with the Sooners in all likelihood. Are we going to get athletically run off the field? Are we going to get embarrassed like we did at Texas now a week and a half ago? That's my question to you. It's just going to be an indicator of whether or not we're even going to be a competitive football team that might even have a chance to to go 6-6 six and six and get a bowl game.
1: Well, I, I think as far as being a competitive football team, in five games, granted, the competition hasn't been – Besides Texas, and I mean, Kansas obviously being what they are, they're a solid team, obviously took their first loss on Saturday. But there hasn't been a lack of competitiveness in this team, I don't think, besides that start against Texas. So I think saying that they're not competitive is a bit of an overstatement, but you want to see them not have a repeat of that on Thursday. And I'm I'm definitely as intrigued as you all are to see if that
3: happens. Good point, Zach. I mean, because that's kind of the one thing – with this team is you haven't seen the, the folding of the tents, right. Where, I mean, cause that 28, nothing could have very easily been, you know, 60, nothing. Like, I mean, that, that was the kind of start that that game had. Yeah. We got dominated from the jump. So, I mean, that, that does give you a lot of life to me. That kind of, that also tells me, I think that the players are still bought in um, that the coaching staff hasn't lost the locker room. I think that, that tells me a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can agree with Mike to a point. Yeah, there have been some low spots, but I don't know. To me, it's not still massive doom and gloom. Oh, my God, this program is at a so low point that we're never coming back. Like, that just seems a little much.
0: I, I don't think and, – and I don't want to speak for you, Mike. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you come back here in a second with it. But I don't think you're saying we're there yet, right? You're just afraid we're going to get there. If we don't play a good game against Baylor, correct?
2: I'm saying that Shane Lyons handcuffed us $20 million in the hole. And it's not realistic (laughs) based on what already has happened that Neil Brown is going to get fired. You know, if it's me, he would have already been out of there. I think (laughs) we're prolonging the inevitable. And you guys talk about we're we're in a hole. We're never going to be good again. I mean, it's to the point. I think I'm going to have kids in second and third grade by the time the Mountaineers get it right. We're just okay. dilly-dallying. We have junior- and Mike, do you have junior- the woman picked
0: out yet for the kids, by the way?
2: What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I do not. Okay. Fancy yeah. All right, so, so
0: we definitely have a long time till then. That's that's even
2: more troublesome. It's going to give let, Neil like, Brown a couple more extensions, I guess.
3: Well, Mike, let me let, let me ask you this. Uh, and, I think uh, i can win
2: another Liberty Bowl
3: well Mike let me let yeah, me I ask you this here buddy but let, let, let me let me ask this and it's kind of a hypothetical but let's say neil doesn't get the extension and he puts together two really good years now you've put yourself in a position what happens if somebody comes sniffing around and poaching and you don't have a buyout that's really friendly in your favor then all of a sudden you're back to going to find another guy because whether we like to admit it or not I mean this isn't a blue bullet program this is can be sometimes a stepping stone for coaches, especially if there's no real massive ties to the state or the university.
0: Uh, stepping stone is hard for me to hear with with the top being 15th all time in wins. It's the well, tier I, between the two,
3: but okay. but we, but it kind of is. I mean, Rich left for a, a bigger program. So that's what I'm saying, and he was one of us. So that's what I'm saying. Like we may not like hearing it, and it may be tough to hear, and we may not agree with it. But on a national perception, that kind of is where it's at.
2: Don't live in your fears, CJ. Neil Brown is multiple games under 500 with very few promising players in his program. The one, the good ones that he has had have transferred as have the good coaches, i.e. Jamil die. And it's just, it's not going well. It's he's in year four. He's the, 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 uh, the, He's had plenty of time to build his program and it's gotten worse, in my opinion, honestly. I wouldn't know I wouldn't say it's gotten worse, but I don't think it's gotten
1: any better. I mean, it hasn't gotten kind to kind the of level of hope it would, right, Zach? It's kind of been on a plateau, and that's obviously not what you want to see.
2: A plateau starting at what? What was the first season? Oh, I, with, the first, the first a, season was kind
1: of miraculous,
2: quite frankly.
1: With as CJ said multiple times, an empty cupboard. I mean, you gotta you gotta give him some leeway from that. Nothing there, nothing at all.
3: Then you have the COVID year. Now this new portal thing. I mean, he's had to navigate a lot of landmines in all of this. I'm not so sure it's it's fair to to completely chuck everything as his fault.
1: I I would agree that those are all significant obstacles that he's had to overcome. But again, just to kind of play devil's advocate on the other side. So, so is every other coach in the landscape, you know? Like, you gotta, you can't excuse all of it, but you can, you can see where he may have had some difficulties and maybe some reasons why. But at some point, like we keep talking about, you know, you just gotta, you gotta come through all that and put out the results. And if you don't, then that's it. Hey, well, there's, hey still Zach. there's still time, in my
0: opinion. Hey, Zach, real quick, I agree with you. There's still time. And also, I think, you bring up a good point about everybody else is dealing with the same stuff, but i will I will also say to some extent, our problems are a little bit different when it comes to transfer portal. We don't have that money that we can kind of throw around like like some schools do. You know now granted, I think we're we're okay. we're fine, but we're not gonna we're not gonna always attract some of the best recruits. That's gonna hurt us in the portal. Is that a new reality we have to deal
3: with? It might be, right? I would hardly just, agree. Uh, I, I would hardly agree with that. Yes.
0: You hardly would or you, har- you heartily, like wholeheartedly would? Wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly,
3: wholeheartedly. Sorry. I, okay. Yeah, I kind of screwed that up. No, I completely That's, agree. that's all good. That's all good, CJ.
0: I, I had to make sure, man, because that, that, that one kind of had me figure <laughs> words, words it out a little bit.
3: Hey, Yeah, but uh, English is a tough language for me. <laughs> so
0: it, it really is. It, 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 and you've only been speaking it your whole life, too. So, oh, my gosh, guys. Hold on. Give me a second here. <gasps> Jeez, we got a little, 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 little ruckus going on there.
3: Producers aren't happy.
0: No, they're they're not. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not happy.
1: They're like you guys are talking about Neil again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they they love Neil. They love they love Neil. Okay. They, they didn't um, like
3: Mike's little fake out of hope and then the complete despair.
0: There was no fake out there. We knew, <laughs> no, we knew no, there, there was no fake out. But hey, you know what else too though? Like. The fact that we and we like we said, year year zero asterisk you know was a COVID year 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 zero, when he had nothing from Dana was was a really tough deal to deal with. Last year was uninspiring, right? This year you could very easily and probably, without much imagination on anybody's part, say four and one is probably what we should be, but we're not. And now he's got to dig himself out of this hole when it starts Thursday night, versus the Bears. Fellas, let's get into that game here a little bit now. We've kind of talked big picture. Um, although, Mike, I do want to bring this up real quick. Okay. You had your top five there last week. I kind of want to challenge you for something here. Okay. Can we have a kind of top top five or maybe a top three each week, like kind of a Neil Brown, like, <laughs> stock market watch here on the, on who we kind of – is the hot candidate who we want, <laughs> like – I <laughs> had a lot of people love the Dion so, thing, man, by the way. So good. Um, so good. since Matt Rule got fired today, he's the new top of the list. Is Matt right
2: Rule number one?
0: Or is Dion still number one?
2: Well, the one that I, I would have taken back would have been Charles Huff. That, that was more of a, like, before the season thing. So, I mean, obviously I would rather. Oh, you have couldn't have
0: had him number two before the Notre Dame win, right? I, I,
2: obviously I would have rather had Matt Rule there. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, why not? Why, why, what about Mike Tomlin? What if what if he what if things go off the rails he gets fired? Bill Stewart connection.
0: That uh, is true. There is a West Virginia connection there. The old VMI yeah. boys. Could it you can imagine Bill... Splash coming through the press conference room in, in Morgantown?
2: Bill Stewart's son could be the defensive coordinator and Mike splash. Tomlin HC. Splash
0: Mike Tomlin Mountaineer head football coach. I'll... Splash I'll pass.
1: Ooh as, <laughs> as, a, as a Steelers fan. I'll pass. That,
3: that, that that's a guy who spent his entire career in the professional ranks. That's 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 tough. I mean, does he is that a guy that wants to be on the recruiting trail? No, yeah. there's no way. He was linked
2: to the USC job, and he said in the press conference, "Absolutely not." He said, yeah, "Never so, say never, but never."
0: So Mike Tomlin's not on the list. But now Matt Rule, we know would we, would take it. Mike, is, is he? You know, is he on the list? Just just.
2: I mean, obviously, I would be fine with Matt Rule, but why would he get promoted to the NFL? And then go to a lower-paying job than he previously had in college.
0: Okay, but He's same conference. He's going be one of the
1: top names out there for all these yeah. all these schools.
0: Well, hey, where do we think Rule
1: does land? Like, are we think in Nebraska, Wisconsin. If you if, think Wisconsin, if it doesn't work with with Leonard, right? No, it's Nebraska, isn't it?
3: Yeah, Jim Leonard. Leonard. Yeah,
1: Jim. Well, I mean, in yeah, Jim Leonard's at okay. Wisconsin. At, Is it Wisconsin? At, at,
0: yeah, Jim. Jim Leonard played safety Wisconsin. Now he's the is the D.C. He's the interim because okay, they let go of Paul Chris. Nebraska's the, got some guy who, like, was with Ed Ordron. Mickey Joseph's his name. Okay, uh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's that's not going bet. well there. I mean,
1: now, I, I think land they in one want two
0: jobs though right?
1: I think Wisconsin wants it to work with Jim Leonard because he's a guy that's been kind of one of the hotter names coming up. But if not him, if it doesn't kind of work out in the interim world, then I would think that that's – One of the primary spots that Rule could end up in Wisconsin.
0: Interesting. I
3: I know. And it also depends on the carousel, too. I mean, because you got to think, right? Kansas has played, you know, Leopold's going to be a big name out there, too. Does he leave, which opens up a Kansas? Like, there's a lot of carousel to still be played. And I can tell you this people aren't going to be lining up to
0: take a Kansas job, CJ. I can tell you that.
3: Well, no, and that's, I'm not saying there is, but then that's, but that, that starts at Carousel because then where do they, like, what else does that open up? Like, it's, the if you got to worry about what here. Kansas does with Leopold, we are screwed anyway. Well, no, I'm not saying you do, but what I'm saying is, is that's that, exactly I what you're saying, though. <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is, is that Carousel can get a little, a little crazy. I mean, who would have ever thought, you know, Brian Kelly's would leave Notre Dame? I mean, that's a blue blood program that he left. Like that's for a
1: bluer blood program. Huh? Right. Ooh, I get, ooh, right. Bluer I get, blood.
3: But that's what I'm saying. That's where the carousel gets a little interesting. And if you're looking at Kansas's, you know, roster, that's not a, not a bad football roster to take over.
0: <sighs> I don't know. I think they got a pretty good quarterback. And I think if he left with, with Leipold, I think it'd be a whole other story. Um Hey, speak, speaking of Lance Leipold and the Jayhawks, that game on Saturday was crazy with TCU and the, the Horn Frogs. Yeah, right? Like, hey, Horn Frogs, now, I, I'll take back everything I've said about Duggan. He was pretty impressive. But I'll also say this. Coming out of that game, I felt like, you know what? We could probably play with TCU. Like, this Kansas game continually keeps creeping into my mind, of being like, man, they're, they're a lot better than anyone could ever imagined. And we got them early before everyone really knew what they were about. And then Texas is obviously good this year. I think we're still a lot better fellas than anyone wants to imagine. And I've got a feeling that all this coach hot seat talk might get tabled here in a few weeks if we can if we can do what we can do. And that's going to out there and starting with Baylor on Thursday. I have a good feeling about it, fellas. I really do. And I know I, I just broke into like rah-rah speech. Like we can come back in this thing and, and make noise talking about the conference. But Hey, I feel it, man.
1: Well, that's that's one comment I was gonna make earlier. Um, it it's obviously not even quite halfway through the season yet. or I guess it's right about halfway through the season, but it's very possible that in Kansas and Texas, we have faced two of the top four teams in the conference. You know, those are always going to be difficult games to win. So I I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna close the door on them having more success than they have to this point. I wouldn't anyway. But those two games may end up being, when it's all said and done, two of the more difficult games on the slate. That being said, you got to bounce back from those games. you got to play these other teams because the parity in the conference is is there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Crazy to be
1: saying this, Oklahoma is the one team that you're like, well, you know, the way they're playing should be a win. Haven't beat them yet in the conference, but still. They're playing like complete dog-ass.
0: Exactly. Hey, I don't want to count Oklahoma as a win until it happens, man. Exactly. That's, and that's just... what that's what I'm
1: saying. I say that kind and... of tongue-in-cheek. But, like, they're the team that's playing hands-down the worst. So, it's just – there isn't – that's kind of also playing to my point. There's not really a game that you look on the schedule and say, hey, that should be a W. Like, Kansas always used to be in Iowa State before Matt Campbell got that thing going. Yeah. There's just not yeah. that game. That, that that The fear is that – us in Oklahoma right now or
0: those or those two teams. We just hope that that doesn't include us.
1: Hey, I, see. This, I
3: think well, it's, and
0: I think it's just matchup based this year
3: well, in this I, conference in this league. I think it's it's matchup based and kind of you know who you catch when you catch them. I mean that's right. Kind of always been a thing too. But That's
1: college football.
3: It, here's the one thing, and I'll throw a little cold water here on this raw raw, and I don't want to, but because we do have to kind of take a little bit about what, what we said about Duggan, but if the secondary doesn't improve, he could throw for 400 on us and probably mm. not break a sweat doing it. Like, well,
1: Charles Woods will be back by then. So that's encouraging.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, cause you look at what they were able to do through the air against the, you know, against Kansas and what he's done a couple other weeks too. It's just that that's the one part of it. I think that still really kind of worries me is is secondary wise. It's still really bad back there and Charles Woods helps, but I don't know if he solves all of the the complete woes.
2: And, and Neil Brown talked about that a little bit this week. I, I didn't go to the press conference, but I, I heard a little bit of it. And hey Mike, are you, you allowed to be in there still, man? <laughs> Just, Dude, just they they me. can't keep
0: me out of there. He gets paid, <laughs> he gets paid to deal with me. He just couldn't bring
1: it. himself to face it. him. He he doesn't want to be in his presence. he just nope. He can't he can't hide the disgust.
2: But the problem is the West Virginia is weak at corner, so they can't play man coverage. They have to drop back into a zone, and then that ultimately hurts your pass rush. And so it, it, it is a massive deficiency. It really limits. Uh, What West Virginia can can do really puts the Mountaineers on their heels. Yeah.
0: And and we're also kind of a team that had a personality that liked to do a lot of that man coverage, right? That's what they wanted to do coming in. Yeah, exactly. And so then you get taken out of that pretty much off the jump. Um, That hurts. I I will say this, though, fellas, real quick about this game. And, Mike, I want to get something from you as well here after I make this point. But – I like our offensive matchup against Baylor, and I like our offense matching up against teams that don't necessarily want to try and be dynamic, I guess, offensively, if that makes any sense, like kind of want to be more conservative, allow their defense to play. I think we can play well against those teams, especially ones that don't have the playmakers that Texas has, like Worthy. Mike, I want to hear from you, though, real quick. What was the kind of the the tenor, the attitude, the tone around the team at, have you got any kind of sense of that
2: here in the last week or so? Neil Brown kind of sounded like he was searching like he wasn't quite sure. Like even that answer he was at the end of it, he said, "I mean, I don't think we can force it." but it was it was an I don't think he wasn't so sure what the game plan was. You can't fix having subpar players on the field and 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 another thing he said is that West Virginia, needs to establish depth at the receiver position. The same three guys get all the targets and Sam James drops it like it's hot. Bryce Ford Wheaton has had a really good season um, and and Caden Prather's getting there, but I don't think those options are there. Um, I I, I just, I just I don't think we got the dudes guys, but Neil Brown did not sound sure of himself. He, He sounded like he was
3: searching for answers. Hmm. Well, but I think that's also kind of, kind of a fair assessment too. To be searching for answers, I mean, because you kind of start looking around and, like you said, Blaine. I mean, yeah, I mean, without a whole lot of imagination, you know, four and one, I think, is a reach for is, is where this team could be. But you know, your record is what your record is, and it's who you are, and we're a two and three football team. Um, but I think when you start looking at it and some of the things that have have transpired through the first five games. I, I, I think when you're in this position, yeah, you are looking for answers and you're trying to find them. I mean, if he had the answers, I don't know if they'd be two and three. So I think that that's a fair assessment, but I don't know if I'd necessarily classify it as a criticism either.
2: It would just be better to have a guy that said, we know how to fix it or fixing it. And, and we know what, what to do and, and how to correct it. Not, I don't think we can do it. That's not a great thing to hear from a head coach.
3: Well, I know. And and that's one of the things we love about Bob Huggins is he's like, well, I'm going to fix it. Well, you, he said that all year last year and he didn't get it fixed. Like He I mean, primarily he it fixed fixes year. it.
2: He usually fixes it. Correct, always, but it's but usually, not usually, usually not until the
3: following fix. year, not midway through it because not, it's not like you can change the roster at this point. Uh, he,
2: Bill he, he has not earned the same treatment, not even close.
3: Hey, and, and CJ,
2: he typically finds a way to at
0: least throw some Band-Aids on stuff typically during the season. That's for sure. Uh, well, no,
3: I think that's true. But I think at the same time, I, I don't know. Like I, I like I said, I, I can appreciate the honesty of, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to find the answers. I, I can get where you're coming from on the, I want a guy that's going to give me the answers. But I'd rather have him sit up there going, hey, we're looking. We're not sure where they are, but we're we're trying to figure it out. than a guy's going to sit up there and blow smoke and be like, yeah, we know what they are. And then it's still the same crap.
2: But right, it's
0: that's
3: crap. just not his. It's that's crap.
0: All his nature. That's the point though. It's it's crap. We suck. So you want a little pretty good. We're gonna sling it to, you know, eight, eight and twelve and you know, gonna have to protect them a little bit. Let us seven get time. You, you want a little bit of that?
2: I I in in an ideal world, we would have decent players that were capable of of executing at a Big Twelve level, and Mike, and, and, do you not know maybe we, even defending a, a receiver one on one that that would be nice. But do you, do you think we don't have guys that the can do that? Conference that we don't have that. Without saying it, that's problematic. Hmm.
1: Well, is it possible that we don't have guys that can do it at this very moment? That may sound stupid, yeah. but it's it's just that we don't have guys who have done it yet because majority of the guys he's trying to get there are young. And, he hasn't
2: found one in four years.
1: Well, that goes hand-in-hand hand with what you're saying as far as not having the guys, but he may have had the guys and they transferred out, which that's just kind of the nature of the beast right now. Obviously, you want to keep everybody you got on your roster, but that's just not how it's going to go these days. It's just not. And I know retention is a big part of it, but every every school experiences it. He's got new guys that are in there, and a lot of the guys that he's trying to put in those spots are young dudes. Spells, Bu- Ben Wahad, you know, the J.C. guys aren't necessarily young, but, you know, they're guys that have had experience, just not at this level. So you hope they come along. Obviously, when Woods comes back and pushes those guys back down in the spots where they don't have to be the guy, they can be ancillary guys. Hopefully that helps. You just kind of have to see. But experience with these guys, especially the young guys, is going to help. We just don't really want to be patient enough right now to see it come to fruition.
2: If you lose an All-American or an all-conference guy and replace him with an FCS guy or a JUCO guy trying to figure it out. That's a poor reflection of you of you as a coach. He he's he's got to if if you're going to lose one, you, you got to replace him. What you all American do we lose your... though? Huh?
1: What all American do we lose though? I mean, we Mikey Smith. Oh, that was a few years ago. I understand you're you're a little perturbed by that one. I get that. But I'm I'm primarily talking about corner, and yeah, of course the rest of the defensive backfield is in question as well. But let's here's the thing: I I'm not going to sit here and act like every recruit he's brought in and every decision to bring in FCS and low FBS level guys has panned out because obviously it hasn't. But I am not going to completely say that he doesn't have guys who are capable because I I do believe that he has them. We just got to see it. But if not, you know, if after a while we don't see it, then you're right. I'm just not willing to put that
0: nail in that coffin yet.
2: How long have we been waiting for X-Ray Low to be good?
0: Okay, well, I feel like he's a guys decent guys player, just, though. X-Ray's and, made some good plays.
3: And, and sometimes guys don't completely live up to the potential. I mean, I will throw a name out there, you know, Jason Gwaltney, like five-star that just completely flamed out. Sometimes that happens, but I, and I that think Jake
0: goal any cat CJ can put away some popcorn, did it at our apartment <laughs> Halloween party, man. But Still remember it.
3: but what my I think my big thing on all of it too is is we expect these kids at 18, 19 to come in, some of them even 17, and the transition from high school to college is a massive one. And especially for a lot of these kids that are moving states away like sometimes it does take them a little bit of time. I think for us to expect them just to step on campus and to be all Americans in all world is a is a little much. Sometimes you gotta let these kids develop. And I get it, that falls on the coaches. You gotta get them ready and all of that. But we are still talking about young men, sometimes miles away from home. And I think sometimes we lose a little bit of sight of that.
1: And Aubrey Burks, for example, one of the guys that would have been a replacement for in the safety position, not necessarily for Tykee because he was a spear, but like he's a young guy. I hadn't played a ton of football. He's shown flashes. He is capable. He's just got to become more consistent. Like a lot of these guys in the defensive backfield. And once that happens, your front seven that are seemingly a little more reliable, will be able to do more of what they're there to do. And hopefully things will
2: start to click. But so, l- so let me get this straight. We're in year four of the Neil Brown era. The secondary is the deficiency that is keeping this team from winning. It'll probably continue to cost us. We won't be great this year. Probably they're still young next year. It's not quite there yet. The following year, we got a chance to be good. We gave this guy at that point six years. It's a six-year build. Like, what is this? We're making excuses. What coaches have we had who have done it in less? What is the point? What does that matter? There's no does it does not matter. He's not building anything of substance. There's no talent to be excited about that he can build around, and 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 has built around and has cultivated. And how, has long, how long? How long did it take Rich coach.
1: to get them to the point where they were successful on a year-in-year-out basis?
2: To quote Angels in the Outfield, "There's a thing called talent. We don't have it."
3: Hey,
0: Mike, well, that's the but
3: problem. I think we do. I think but, we do. I think we, we've we, had... we do have talent and you've got to be careful because if you're going to tell a guy, well, you got really three years. I mean, it, 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 it first off, he's not going to have all of his dudes in three years because it's going to take a full four just to kind of clear everybody out. Correct. You end up in this nasty cycle that a lot of teams have yep. gotten into where you're constantly firing and buying out coaches it, it, that's just that's not a way to sustain anything. Now I get where you're coming from, and we've said it. Yeah, eventually, at some point, results on the field have to matter. But at There's the same time, time, time that hourglass, you can't end up in this nasty rotating door of coaches. Like it's just, it's not a way to go. And, and, and you know you what say else? The
1: history doesn't matter. I I think that in this case, it kind of does. Like you, you want to have expectations for a guy. I get that. But whenever you look at the history of the coaches before him. Like, what, what were the expectations for Dana? And what did he do to prove any of those expectations except for two seasons?
2: Rich, we, we, Rich took we,
1: time to build. It takes time.
2: We knocked off Baylor in a big game. I know you guys discredit it, but having that much time off and coming out with the game plan that he did against uh, Clemson in the Orange Bowl to win that game the way we did, I thought was incredibly impressive.
3: I thought,
0: hold on, Mike, I do, not, I do not, things not things no, I do no, not discredit that win. for one minute. No, I discredit that for one minute.
3: You, you know, can't, that's... you can't discredit that. But for every Clemson game, there was
0: a
1: Kansas Oklahoma, loss,
3: a Kansas loss, or a, Kansas, a worse
1: Kansas loss. Let's put it at that. Yeah,
3: or or a Kansas State debacle. You know, in you know, Manhattan, Kansas, or at home with a sold-out, packed-out electric stadium, went away from a Big 12 title, and you fell flat on your face. Here's my thing Whoa, about, whoa, whoa, you know, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, We did not fall flat on our face for Oklahoma. That happened on the road in Stillwater, CJ. Come on now. Let's, 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 keep, our, the, let's keep our I'm Dana back together. Will,
3: I'm talking about Will Greer senior year. That game was winnable, and we made stupid-ass mistakes, typical of a Dana Holders Gerson. Yeah, football game. We didn't, team. Here, guys, we didn't
0: fall here, flat on our face. Hey, but real, real quick, fellas we could go on for on and on about this. I'd, I do Blaine, I do like want to, to let Mike one more, get one I, more Blaine, thing. I'd like to
2: say one more thing. On that.
0: All right, but real, real quick, real quick though. I do want to do want, And I'm going to allow you to say one more thing because your point bringing up an angels in the outfield quote from my man, George Knox earns you one more take. That was phenomenal, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> You're so that, easily was, that was awesome.
2: You know my what? Thing, my thing on Dana Holgerson is that he wasn't perfect, but you can say what's he good at and, and, to one thing, call him plays. You get him good players, he can light up a defense through the air. What's Neil Brown good at? Answer the question. What positive qualities does he have that can translate to winning?
1: I mean – Did that quality you described in Dana translate to winning on a consistent basis? The answer is not Consistently,
2: but he had higher highs than Neil has had in four years.
1: With twice the amount of time. I guarantee you, you give Neil Brown – as much time as Dana had, he will have the same or more amount of highs. I do guarantee that.
2: We haven't had any, so he's got none in four. So. Right,
1: so give him four more and he'll have more than that.
2: Did it take four years for Dana to beat Baylor? I don't think so.
3: Yeah, but Dana also to give to get Oh, it hold a, on, hold on. Bill Brown has beat Baylor. Bill Brown's beating Baylor.
2: Oklahoma When they were number four in the nation. He beat Oklahoma State when we sucked, when we went four and eight. And and Oklahoma State was a top ten team that season. That was a Dan, good win. That was Dana a real Holmerson good win for Dana.
0: Dana's a good coach. He is
2: ability to come out with a game plan that could win a football game. And he Dana, also also was at an emotionally unstable individual.
1: <laughs> My favorite
2: go insane on the sideline, and 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 just implode. You're right about that. But he, he did have an upside. Can you guys tell me what the upside is of Neil? If you guys have an answer and you can tell me what Neil Brown's upside is and what he can tangibly do as a coach, please enlighten me. Just tell me.
3: I, I think he's more of a stable human being, which is kind of a slight help when you want you know to build a culture and all of that. And, and and I'll go back to Dana. We want to bring up the Clemson win. How many of those kids on that team did he recruit? Not that's not. What I'm
2: answer the question. What does Neil Brown do to win? What What are his positive qualities that can contribute to winning?
3: Honestly, stability and building a program and building a culture that assesses to everything else. Like it, it doesn't. You got to have the madman if you're winning eight games and the culture sucks and nobody wants to be here.
2: See, so, so if you do want to be here and you're six and six, that's better. If
1: it continues that way, then no. That's if it continues that way, no, answer. but.
3: But I mean, we it, it became extremely apparent when when Dana left, and you had the departures that the culture there was just not good, and you can't deny Dana didn't foster a real good culture.
2: But Neil Brown's best players have transferred.
0: But those were those were typically Dana dudes for the most part to this point in time. Like I think that's an important thing that we're also not thinking about when we talk about the transfer portal for us in particular. Is a coaching change occurred, you know, and it was a big change in kind of the personality that was sitting in that in that main main chair in, in the big office there at the Pushkar Center, right? Yeah, I but think how, that's many, a how, many, how many huge
2: deal, huge deal? How many players from that era have played significant time in the NFL and been starters in the NFL?
0: Oh, hey, Dana was a did a great job of getting pros, and
2: and and Mike, I
0: think it just became a point where obviously, hey, let's let's say call for what it is. Dana left us to go to Houston. It wasn't so much that we had finally kind of thumbed our nose at him. I've always said this about him. I think we became numb to what he was, and then we got a little bit of a fresh breath of air when it came to Neil and the PR side of things. Now we haven't had the wins on the field yet.
2: Yeah, that's all like, that matters.
0: And 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 you're right about that. the wins on the field definitely do matter. But the other things are important too. And no, Neil. They they are Mike. They are important. They they are important. The the image and the brand, and trying to build kind of that culture is important because it it can lead to bigger things. Um, we haven't seen those yet. Maybe we will. Let's let's get in though to Thursday night, fellas, because we could sit here and talk about Neil Brown's job till the twenty million goes down to what like fifteen million or something like that. I mean, let's. Let's talk about Thursday. How are we feeling about this? Uh, I like our matchup against their offense, to be quite honest with you.
1: I'm I'm in agreement. I mean, Baylor's offense hasn't done a whole lot to be extremely fearful of. Obviously, if our defense doesn't play worth a damn, then it really won't matter. But, you know, I think it has some slight shootout potential. But – on a Thursday at home, hopefully we get a few good bounces to go our way and give us enough to win. And Baylor's a solid football team. But if we play the right way, then we can be a solid football team as well. It's just a matter of whether we're going to do it or not. So we'll see.
0: I think we have to be able to run the football. Um, well, we're one guy down in that department, so we'll see. We are. But I think, we, I think it's just time for is to kind of show out. And we definitely like uh Triple J, correct?
2: Absolutely. I think the one guy that I that, that is genuinely promising at the skill position is down in Donaldson. I think our deficiencies are just too glaring to mask. Uh, no real threats at receiver. I like Bryce Ford Wheaton, he's good, not great. Caden Prather is a good chain mover, not necessarily an explosive playmaker as of yet. Uh, Sam James, like I said, drops it like it's hot. And so I, I just I don't think you can mask how bad we are at the skill positions in general in the back end on the secondary. I know we're probably not there yet. I got 35-14 Baylor. I think we're officially entering the dog days. Oof
3: see and it's see and it's tough down. to say that you can't mask it when you're a really weird Bryce Ford Wheaton drop away from beating pit at pit like if you can make a couple of defensive stands against Kansas you win like i am not going to go as far as to 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 do that whole we don't have the talent at the skill positions because i think we do um you know, I, I I like the matchup. I would have kind of maybe rather had gotten Baylor off a win against Oklahoma State instead of an an L, but you can't really always control that either. Um, you know, but I I expect this team to come out fired up. I expect the crowd to be good. Um, expect them to be loud. Um, it's a night game, Thursday. I'm with Zach. Crazy weird things happen, especially with these two programs. Um, no, I I really kind of like an opportunity here for for the mountaineers to kind of write some get get right here a little bit or at least attempt to get right
1: one one absence this week that is seeming to be almost assuredly so is going to be uh Michael Laughlin, and I think that's going to make a pretty significant impact because you know for the lack of receiving production that he may put out which he, he kind of has his moments here and there we will will definitely miss him as a blocker, especially trying to get that run game going. Yep, and, and especially against Pelind- Baylor as well. I right. think it's a huge key, Zach, definitely. for sure. And Palindy's the only real guy you've got left. Traylon Davis, young guy, hasn't put a whole lot on tape that gives you a ton of
0: ton of confidence in him, but you know, now the run game might not suffer with Palindy in terms of blocking. I think you right. lose a little bit in in the pass catching abilities of Palindy versus O'Laughlin. Um, Yeah, fellas, I think that's that's one thing I kind of want to explore here a little bit, though, real quickly, is do we think, based off what we've seen of Baylor this year, defensively maybe not as good as they've been, especially last year, I think we could exploit them a little bit. I mean, they haven't looked very good defensively here the last couple weeks.
1: We're definitely going to have to put out a better effort than we did against Texas, but coming off the week... The buy getting some preparation going, you know. Obviously, Baylor has the same luxury. You just got to hope that that rest and that uh, extra time to plan gives you the opportunity you need to exploit those deficiencies they have that you just mentioned. And it's really it's something that Brown did last year as well. I mean, they started off two and four, if I'm not mistaken, finished two four and two to finish the regular season. Mm-hmm. Guess and we did that can be. So we're going to need a similar kind of effort this year to get this thing turned back around. You know, it's happened before. See if you can do it again with at least a better offense than he had to work with last year. But this bye week hopefully will prove to be the reset that they needed. But Thursday is going to be a huge, huge stage for them to see what, you know, what they really got.
0: Yeah, and you know what's interesting, too? When you keep thinking about Baylor, right? Like, their five games this year, it's an interesting little kind of slate when you think about the competition they play. Iowa State, they gave up 24 to Iowa State. Iowa State hasn't shown a pulse offensively against a lot of teams. They beat Texas State, who beat Ab State. They got destroyed, and maybe not say destroyed's uh not the correct word, but they took it on the chin at home against Oklahoma State. They lost that game in Provo. That was kind of weird. So, like, I'm not saying Baylor hasn't impressed, but they, they haven't necessarily done that much. And versus the good, the good teams, and how good really is BYU? I have some questions about them after that Notre Dame game. So, like, maybe Baylor's not quite what people think they are, and this would really help us for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's some questions on on Baylor side of things and you know as you kind of go up and down the big 12 I mean you there's questions I think for everybody um which speaks to the parody we had for it you know so I I do kind of kind of like this spot I think Baylor's a little bit of a product of kind of who they've played so far and kind of how that's worked out so I and I love this thing being at home if it was in Waco I'd probably feel a little bit different but I like the fact that this thing being in Morgantown I think that's a an advantage
0: well, and, and we brought it up earlier—the fact that we are five and zero against these guys in Morgantown all the time. You think about it, like you said, CJ, the the, the video game seventy to sixty-three. <laughs> still remember that first game? Not being a student, being an alumni of the university, and st- and standing there, as was hot as could be, and it was just like—is anybody ever going to get the stop? Being a fan <laughs> of defensive football, it was like, ooh, like this is—is is this what this league's all about all the time? But it was a great. I still remember Terrence Williams just lit it up, Stabman had a big game. That was fun. You know, you, you come into the next time that we, we played these guys. And if I'm not mistaken, that was the game that the Kevin White game where he goes absolutely off when they were ranked number four. And that's like, wow, that's that's a big time win versus those guys. Then Then the third one there when Dana – got the extension, and then we barely held on. And then, you know, Will Greer and those boys go off the last time we played them on a Thursday night in Morgantown, mind you, like 58 to 12. And then Neil even got them in the coverage year in overtime. So, like, we've had their number in Morgantown. That makes me feel pretty good about it. Three and a half points out in Vegas also makes me feel good about it, that they're, like, begging people to take Baylor in this game because they know that they're right for this upset here.
3: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. The, the the boys in Vegas have have something up their sleeves and on on that I th- I think that's kind of a a a really interesting take um, cuz the the boys out in Vegas have a way of making it seem just enticing enough. They got me last week with Bama, Texas, and we when I talking about it. <laughs>
1: Tough weekend all around. Yeah. Mike, any thoughts?
2: I already told you guys what I think. I think we're gonna lose. Splash. I I, I think we're just inferior in too many important positions. So and I'm not gonna get fooled again. I, 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 I was optimistic going into Texas because I liked what I saw in the run game at Virginia Tech. And I thought that we were going to win physically at the point of attack. We failed miserably in that department, which tells me it's just another level when you get to the middle to top tier of the Big 12. And I don't think we're, we're ready to be good against those quality teams. So so after seeing what, I, what what we saw against Texas, there's no reason to make an informed prediction that we are going to win this football game, 35-14 Baylor. I'm I'm sticking with that and pretty confident in it. I, I think we're entering the dog days. It's it's going to be bags over the head, bad. Ooh. in a few weeks it is how I really feel. But I mean, if you guys want me to be a measured journalist and 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 scale it back and factor in different things, I just think the guy's a used car salesman. I think he's an awful football coach. I do, and most people do in this particular state it's a it's a loud minority trust in the climb Ooh.
0: loud well, I, I mean interesting interesting or where where do we pick that out at fellas because I, I came back in and I heard that and it was like whoa I got you it.
2: asked me what I thought <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> my, my mistake um, so hey we have Mike's prediction here we know that. We're going to get to R3 here in a minute. Um, I do want to get into one other quick thing here real quick. Thursday game. Changes the the routines for this thing. Zach, how are we going to go about getting there, man? Are we rolling Tudor still, driving up? And game day attire. Getting a little nipply. Getting a little chilly up there in the air. Is it quarter zip time, my friend? It has to be, right? You're ready for It Correct? It being being a night
1: game – Got the stripe, of stadium going. I'm in the gold section. I'm gonna have to break out the only gold hoodie I've got. So that's what I'm going with. May put the may put the gold Steve Slayton jersey over a blue hoodie. Maybe I don't know. Might to tell, be quite honest, do you need to go yeah. see fine
3: looking Phil and get you a nice get you don't, nice quarter zip. nice quarters up. I don't <laughs> care
0: about the, about the stripe of stadium. Like, if I'm wearing blue, if I'm wearing gold, what's it matter? Because everyone else is gonna be hodgepodge at the whole thing anyway. I might wear white to be quite honest with you. Some some team storm player. Stormtrooper, stormtrooper, pull buddy. We're trying to make
1: something happen here, and you're just spitting in the face of it. What a I team am player win, you are! Win, win
0: games on the field, and then I'll be. You tell me what to wear. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm I'm serious. Fine, fine, it. fine. I say the same thing down in Huntington. Win so games. Con, so I contentious. Le- hey, win win games, and you can tell me what to wear. Like, I mean, I mean that sincerely. Like, if. If we were 4-1, and one, hey, I would find whatever color you asked me to wear. Hey, show up in Kelly Green. Say what? We'll never do that. <laughs> right. I can trust, trust, trust me. I will never do that. Um, I, I mean, we, we were on with the little tutors on the way up, Zach, trying to get there early. I mean, Mike, nah, you got to do the same thing. What's, what's your a, plans, a, man?
1: Taking the half day, grab some lunch on the way up, get there about 3 o'clock. Go to How about
0: the remote here buddy. and there? How about hey, the remote hey. in half day? How about that, buddy?
2: You that's, a, that that's a solid idea. That's a luxury. Uh, that's what I have. I went tutors today, so I don't know tutors twice Ooh, in four days. That's because rough. I Mike. could do it. I've definitely done it before. It's probably <laughs> not the greatest decision health wise. <laughs> I don't know. I'll try to get up there a few hours before, walk around, just kind of enjoy the scene. Morgantown's always fun on game days. It's football weather, sweatshirt weather, no big deal. Maybe you warm up walking around a little bit, take it off, and you just wear a T-shirt too. A little bit colder in Morgantown, I guess, what, 10 to 15 degrees cooler uh, when you get up there. So we'll we'll see. I don't expect anything worse than a sweatshirt, though, no.
3: Oh, I'm all about the, the football quarter zip weather. It, it's already been that way here in the uh, lovely uh, Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. It's been quarter zip weather for like the last, two weeks so i'm all about it get it done boys hey
0: cool anytime it dips below 65 it's quarter zip weather it's just the way it is and, and I'm,
3: I'm 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 with it um wish i could be up there that's killing me this year that you know right now i don't know if i'm gonna make it to a game it's absolutely driving me crazy um, cj if, if we man, got you a ticket,
0: would you make the drive would you make the drive
3: do what if
0: we had an extra ticket would you make the drive Oh heck yeah! Okay, okay, you might get a phone call, buddy. Just saying that (laughs) little, 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 little off, little on the air uh, uh, scalping, I guess here. So, hey, I'm rolling with a little peppy, little. uh, I hate to say this, fellas, but the herd's always the choice at Tudors. I've been getting the herd here recently, and I it kind of pains me every time I order it. But you know what? I wish you get the Huggy Bear like you can in Morgantown. That's right? a shame. That's not statewide. It really is because it's such a good biscuit too. That's a little, soft, little yeah, bacon and a, sausage.
2: I, I've <laughs> ordered the Mountaineer every single time I've been to Tudors since I have been a Mountaineer fan, which is my entire life. So I've
1: been wow, on a sausage drink recently. So I don't get it, but that's oh, that's the
0: one. I, I just like what what's on it better. Let's just be honest.
3: See, no, that's that's the. No. See, I'm with you guys. I like Tudor's on 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 game day. Now, if I'm driving up, though, stops always been flatwoods of the Shoney's. Uh Is Shoney still around up there? Yeah, it is. It's still there.
0: I'll also go with a nice little McDonald's uh, sausage gravy. That's oh,
1: yeah.
3: can never do you wrong
0: on a on a noon kick to get a little sausage gravy in your belly before you hey, get up there.
1: Tudor sausage gravy is the move. Oh no, McDonald's is the, better.
0: No oh, oh. cold cold no. takes exposed. No, no McDonald's th- this. The, the white gravy? Oh, come on! Mm. Can't can't agree,
3: sir. Yeah, I, I'm with, I'm with Zach on that one. You're, you're wrong, are Hey, let's let's see
0: if we can. <laughs> let are, are we going to agree with Mike or not? Now, time for some project predictions here. No. I'm going to
3: go ahead. Oh, no! <laughs> what now? No, I, I do not do not agree with Mike at all. Um, I think the Mountaineers at home keep the streak alive. We're going to six and zero at home against Baylor. 31-28 Mountaineers win. And I'll take it a step further. My boy Casey Leg at the buzzer. Hey CJ, I'm gonna ask you this
0: real quick. You've called the Casey Leg walk-off quite a few times.
3: I've called it <laughs> I called it once <laughs> last year. It might it have a bit year.
0: to do with the alma mater. Just I'm so. thinking so, but I just I just kind of wanted to just it, expose it, that okay. if you're gonna talk about my sausage gravy choice.
3: <laughs> okay, then that's that's fine. Yes, yes. Casey and I share an alma mater, warriors from Cross Christian. Um but and I did call the walk off I think once last year. I think I, I think I called for it once. I'm um, gonna go with at least
0: twice, but we'll continue. And that might be let, let the record confusing. show he says once, but
3: yeah, I know yeah. at least once I did do it. Um but no, I, I think we go to six and oh at home. Um JT and, and the offense find a way um to get it done.
1: I think I'll uh I'll go with everybody else in the football community these days and play the analytics. I've picked West Virginia to win every game. They have not.
3: Ooh, a reverse psychology here.
1: I'm going to go a little reverse jinx here. I don't know if you can self-proclaim a reverse jinx and expect <laughs> it to work, but hey, here we are. <laughs> Baylor. It's worth a shot, Zach. Bay, I'm I'm getting desperate here. Baylor will pull this out. In a tight one, 27-23.
0: So Baylor covers, but we're going under. Okay, correct. Interesting, Zach. Interesting. And and, and just just for the record, are we going to have the lead, and they score to beat us, or are you calling like they've got it? and We kind of try and get late close. Just just curious. I I think
1: it'll be kind of close back and forth throughout the game, but a game that Baylor kind of has throughout and. I just looked at the weather a short time ago. Rain in the forecast. If it gets a little, gets a little messy.
0: Oh, rain, Zach! Uh, You're hurting my soul here a little that. bit to hear that.
1: How? Not looking forward to that. What's the percentage chance of rain? Uh, think in the 80s. Oh no! Oh no! It's
0: right. Oh no! And then have to drive back.
1: Game that? day experience not oh, so
0: great altogether. It lessens so much. Um. Well. After hearing that rain comment that that makes me a little more nervous, but sometimes they say it does help a passing game. Um, it can because maybe people are a little slippery. you know where you're going, they don't know where they're going. Maybe more so for snow and if like you were playing on grass, definitely yeah. won't help drops. Uh, that's that's for sure. <laughs> we don't need any help in that department. Um, it's its it's hard it's hard to sit here and, and say that I think that we're feeling good about ourselves right now because I don't think that we we should be. But there's always that thing when everyone's zigging, right? Everyone's kind of saying, well, Baylor's got this. They're going to win it close. I think you zag, right? I've got a weird feeling about this game, fellas. I think we're going to create a couple turnovers. We haven't done a great job of that, but I feel like we will in this game maybe get some pressure from the front seven. I mentioned earlier about how when you're playing conservative offenses, that seems to help us a little bit. And I think Baylor's a little more tight to the vest than, than Texas is offensively, and especially Kansas. I think that'll help us a little bit. I think we'll be able to run the football on Baylor. I hope we were able to run the football on Baylor. I think that's the key to the game. If we can do that, we've got a real chance. I think we will be able to do that, and I think that'll give JT enough time. I'm calling this thing to be a little bit of a of a statement win for us and a statement win for Neil. Mountaineers thirty four, Baylor twenty.
1: Here's a uh, here's another little side action for you. J.T. Daniels and Blake Shapin side by side on the Big Twelve total passing yards list for this season. Daniels has edged him out by just under a hundred, has eight touchdowns to Shapin's nine. Who ends up having the better day, Daniels or Shapen? J.T. How did I know? <laughs> J.T.
0: At home, at home. Does, does anybody? I mean, does anybody? Uh, does anybody disagree with that? I'll double down. It's going to be Shapen.
4: <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I mean, you have to go that way for them to win. So right. And
1: Shapen uh. has, has just under a hundred yards fewer than Daniels on the season, with forty-one
2: fewer attempts as well. Jarrett Dagey was once at the top of that list. It it, it doesn't mean much. Empty calories. Especially <laughs> when you
1: consider that Decker's for Iowa State is at the top of the list right now. So is he really? Yes, he is. Wow.
3: Yeah, I, I would tend to say Shapin probably statistically has a better day um just because the Mountaineer secondary has not shown the ability to really slow the passing game down for anybody. I'm just
0: wondering how good Baylor's passing game really though.
3: Like, are they are they are they that
0: explosive, really? Granted, does it matter against our defense? I think that becomes the next question. Uh, probably not.
1: I feel like at this point, just about anybody can throw on us except Grant Wells. Sorry,
0: Bud. I, well, hey, and, you know what? I think that's. I think that brings the next question is like, <laughs> do we have somebody who? You know, other do we have do we have guys left on this schedule that we can kind of be like, okay, like we might actually be able to to start defending against some of these quarterbacks. I sure as hell hope so, because if not, Mike, you're you're going to get your wish in real quick, man. Like we're going to pick up that phone and call Matt Rule if we're two and six or two and five. I have a feeling the noise is getting too first. hot. It is. But I don't think it's going to happen because I think he's going to win some games here coming up.
2: If you call Dion before you call Matt Rule, okay, give it a you know, okay. fly down there to Jackson first, and and then <laughs> if that doesn't work out, call Matt rule.
0: Hey, I asked you for a third coach. Do, do you have another one? Since Matt Rule slid in number two and you removed Huff, is it still well, your boy JB? I mean, boy,
2: I mean JB? Still? obviously Jimbo Fisher is moving more and more okay. in contention. Okay. The more that I think about it, I don't know if West Virginia is ready for at the real coach JB. I, that's, that's so outside the box. I think it would work, but I'm going to try to be a little bit realistic here. I mean, Jimbo's creeping in. He's, he's making a and M's uh, decision a little tougher here as, as they continue to live, lose games. strong showing against Bama backup quarterback, kind of hard to scale that game. Um, Another name that I like for the West Virginia head coaching job. John Gruden. You look pretty good over there, man. It's a little intimidating being over there, isn't it? It's about to get a little intimidating over there, isn't it? I'll tell you what. I'm going to need a up on aisle five after that look, man. I'll tell you what, you might. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's got to be some pizzazz. It's, it's got to be the anti-Neil Brown. It can't just be somebody off the street. No, Nobody brand name. Nobody that's ever been seven and five.
0: I think green has been seven and five before just in the league. But... Yeah,
2: exactly. That's good. That counts.
1: <laughs> seven and five one. in the league equates to ten and two in the college football.
0: <sighs> Automatically, right? I, I uh, will right say this. Though, right off the jump. Yeah, it, without a doubt. I will say this, though. The, the whole Matt Rule hire I think would be interesting because – you win at Temple. You win at Baylor. Those are, those are tough places to win. Some might say we're a tough place to win, um, but we do have resources that are a little better than what those two teams had. Now, granted, he he got the resources at Baylor toward the back end, and he and he parlayed it into something good. Question would be, he's not that much more different offensively than what we're what we're trying to do with Neil. So it might work, but I'm not so sure how long he ever really had to recruit. You look at what happened at Temple after he left. It Wasn't great. Now Baylor set set up pretty well, so maybe he is a really really good recruiter too. But we're gonna have to pick up the phone real quick to get Matt Rule because he he will not be around very long.
1: No, and that buyout would have to
0: come hot and heavy. Yeah. Hey, we better come hot and heavy on the field though on Thursday. Go sick in Bears. I've got a good feeling, fellas. I've got a good feeling. CJ, hopefully you don't pull your hair out down there in North Carolina listening to the FS1 crew. Um uh- should be yeah. a good time. It's better than Lewis Riddick on a Thursday, that's for sure.
3: No, that is that is very true. And like I said, I'll I'll be doing the 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 channel flipping or the or the dual watching um, between football and, and who's going game two
0: for your Yankees?
3: Uh, game two is Nestor.
0: Nestor versus are we going Bieber for the yep. for the uh, Guardians? Ooh, that's what I've got ooh. so far. Yeah, ooh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Well, Abe, so if it turns sour in the football game, like Mike says, and the dog day start, you can go watch October baseball so it works Absolutely everybody will. wins everybody first, wins first first home game in a month let's just hope for no sour taste <laughs> i think i think cj is going to be watching a lot more football that night than he is baseball i'm just foreshadowing that too
2: and, and uh, it's so much easier when we win cuz post game press conference questions after a win it, it's 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 really whatever you ask him you're gonna get a good long answer, and it's gonna be fun. You gotta thread the needle because if there's an elephant in the room, I gotta address it. If we lose a game in that scenario, and it is kind of awkward tiptoeing around. As much as I trash the guy, that's just genuinely how bad I think he is in this current occupation. But I mean, <laughs> I, I don't enjoy watching him fail. I I don't. I want to be bailed out of spending the whole second half saying, "Is that." too over the top should i scale it back okay (laughs) we got to pop this pass now maybe that's not the question oh wait we dropped that one now we suck again. it's a weird balance trying to shape that question and i just if we win it does make my life quite a bit easier let's hope neil puts you in the back pedal i hope he does
0: too i hope he does too (laughs)
2: Let's hope his DBs figure out how to backpedal. Uh, if, 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 right if his
0: DBs figure out how to backpedal, then Mike has to backpedal, and we're all happy about it. Mike, even though hey, – and, and you, you want to be bailed out too, so we're all happy.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah, I we're don't like negative in energy. It's way. not fun. It's not fun doing what I have to do each Tuesday, I guess this week, Monday on this podcast. But in my hey. in my mind, I'm just calling it how I see it.
0: You're just an agent of truth right now for this program. Is what you're saying?
2: The way I look at it, yes.
0: Hey, and and I, I think we, uh, we're continuing to get at the fight for the soul of this program right now, and I love it because there's passion, and we've talked about this numerous times. There's passion for the Mountaineer football, and and we see it when we come here because I think we all want to see something good happen, and yet to this point. All we have is, is to trust, Mike. And I know you're you're not there trusting yet, but let's get a couple wins, a and, and maybe you can come back.
2: I mean, do I have a
0: choice? Now, granted, no. hey, we, we, we've talked about this before, talking about overlooks, right, and kind of being kind of on the edge. Zach, how close are you to being on the edge right now? I think the bye week helps. <laughs> um, it does help. It does I'm help. Off,
1: I'm off the edge a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully – uh We'll be a little Lady guy. We'll see about the third quarter. The we'll glory.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens at about 10-15 on Thursday night, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah. you kind of made a good point. This this podcast, the past few weeks at least, almost a month now, has almost been a dichotomy of the fan base right now. So I, I kind of like it from that perspective. And, you know, the backpedaling on Mike's part will be nice, but, you know, it could just as easily go the other way. Our, all our positivity could be for all for naught. So
0: I'm I'll not back the
2: for nobody,
0: <laughs> especially Neil Brown. <laughs> that three and three is not enough to put Mike in a backpedal. No, we have to do a little more than that. Okay. All right.
4: All right.
0: Well, till next time, y'all take it easy. Let's hope to see Mike backpedaling on next week.